from Palma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community. Super Yacht Radio. Listening to Super Yacht Radio, welcome to the first edition of The Geek Show, brought to you by Access Marine. Today in the studio, we have Chris. Hello, Chris. Hello, Dave. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here, too. Yeah. Uh, thank us both. And we also have Marcus, who is on location somewhere in the United Kingdom. Hello, Marcus. Hello there, Dave. Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, calling in from Fareham in the south of uh, in the south of England. Oh, Fareham! Pleasure uh, to be on your show. It's it's a it's a great yachting place, Fareham. Yeah, we're sitting in nice sunny yeah. New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, so are you, you up, got, and coming, you up and coming yachting place? You got the heat wave going on over there? Um, well, the the temperature here is about thirty. Oh, about 30 degrees, I think. Oh, that's hot for England. So, way, way less than what's in Mallorca at the moment. Yeah, I was reading an article about Glastonbury. has turned into Woodstock over there. People are throwing yeah, the clothes off. Well, yeah, they're going plastic-free as well, which is, uh, which is fantastic. But what are they serving the beer in? Because it used to be plastic glasses. Uh, hmm. I think they just drink it straight from the keg. Straight from the keg. <laughs> Tube straight in the mouth. That's why they do it. So the Geek Show, what is the Geek Show all about? The Geek Show is where pretty much three geeks talk geek. Talk yeah. techie geek. We talk techie That'll geek. So we can just be ourselves then, yeah? Yeah. And we can be our boring selves. Um, yeah, so the idea of the show is to discuss technologies, new technologies, technologies we're using every day, give you some handy hints on how to manage your technology, and... Um, that kind of flavor. Yeah. So, uh, Sounds good. At the moment, we've been going through a period of boats getting ready to go in the water. They've been checking out their domes. Can I say that on air? They've been checking out their domes, checking their equipment, checking their bandwidth. Um, what advice would you have for them, Marcus, besides calling Access Marine? I would say... Um well, it all depends on on uh, on whereabouts they are in the world. Uh, for example, we have uh, four main uh, areas where where we specialise. We have we have 4G, we have TVRO, we have VSATs, and we have uh, bandwidth control and IT networking. So to answer that question, we we should talk about one at a time. I think. Uh, for example, uh, quite a common thing with uh, with 4G SIM cards. Is is what is the best way of of setting that up? Now you can have uh, a SIM card for a roaming SIM card for Europe, and you can have multiple SIM cards running at the same time. So ro roaming SIM card for Europe 
we're now at a stage where we could just use one single SIM card and not have to swap them around from country to country to country. Absolutely, yeah. So we have a roaming SIM card in each region. And so the way it works is one SIM card will bring you probably on the best 4G signal uh, about 60 megabits per second down. Now, depending on where you are uh, and how many yachts are currently using it nearby, the speeds can fluctuate. Uh, but imagine one SIM card will be connected to one or two antennas. Now, if you have multiple SIM cards, that's double the speed. Uh, so if you have two SIM cards, that's two times, for example, 40 megabits per second. Uh, if you have three or four, that's three or four times 40 megabits per second, all to be distributed around the network. And are these, bond, now, are these bonded on the boat, or is there a service off the boat? This is, uh, this is, this is load balancing on, on their local PEP wave, okay. which is Axis Marine Supplies. And uh, the beauty of having multiple SIM cards uh, all functioning at the same time is uh, you're multiplying the amount of speed you can distribute around the network. Now, we can, we can actually have up to, up to four SIM cards all on just one account. So you get charged the same amount of money per month, but you're getting, you're getting multiple, multiple speeds. So that's going to that's gonna be enough bandwidth, more than enough bandwidth with that setup uh, to accommodate the crew, to accommodate any guests, to accommodate the owners. So uh, that's, that's, the, that's the setup we try and push for um, from our company. Uh, how far off the coast can you be? It really depends on the range of the antennas you have. Some of the smaller antennas you see in the market, um, the range could be as small as five, five kilometers from land. Obviously, it depends on where the cell towers are as well. Uh, but um, if you have one of our antennas, for example, we offer the we offer our own range of antennas, the AX50, AX100, and AX200, each one representing a half a meter, one meter, or two meter antenna. The larger the antenna, the better the signal response, and the the further the range from land. So, what so are those? with, how, with how our high range antennas, you could, be, you could be looking at thirty to fifty kilometers. From uh, from from any cell tower, so from any from any place. That's beyond the horizon. Uh, yeah, but obviously, if you have it high up on the high up on the high up on the mast, then then the horizon changes slightly. But yeah, you look you're looking roughly in the in the thirty kilometer mark. I think the horizon sits at twenty four nautical miles. So obviously, converting to kilometers, okay. uh, you're looking at more kilometers. And on of course, that. if you're on top of the mast, then that extends that a bit. Exactamente. Also, with these, the beauty of it is that you can increase your package to what you need. So, basically, you can have a basic package, but if you've got guests on board, etc., you can just increase it, and you have full control over it through what we have as the well, portal. This is, this is a uniquely Access Marine thing. This is only from Access Marine. You mm -hmm. can do this. This is without ringing suppliers or anything like that. You have full control of it through the portal, which gives you access to go in and actually upgrade the SIM cards or the VSAT airtime that you've got so you can increase the packages that you've got yourself. Well, what about 5G? Well, there's a lot of talk about 5G. What's, what's the story there? <clears throat> 5G, 5G is, a new, uh, is a new cellular technology, and it's in its beginning stages at the moment. So uh, the current antenna ranges which we offer uh, and the routers that we offer are all 5G, will be in, within the 5G frequencies. Now, initially, 5G ready. 5G ready, yes. 
Now, initially, you're not going to see much difference between 4G and 5G because as 4G uh, improves in technology, 5G will be lagging uh, within the first, probably within the first couple of years. But then, uh, as the technology of 5G improves and enhances, uh, it will surpass the the 4G technology, uh, and you you will see um, higher frequencies being utilized with higher bandwidth. They're even talking uh, speeds up to gigabits per second mm. instead of megabits per second. Yeah, it's it's going to be a game changer. A complete game changer, and you're going to see so much uh, newer technology being used on the boats as a result of these high speeds. Hmm. It's, also, it's also the latency with 5G. It's one of the biggest, it's not just the speeds, um, it's the latency in, in the communication. So it's, it's making things like automated, um, let's say, uh, pilotless planes, all those kind of things, um, a, a reality once that comes along. And also remote uh, surgeries. So you could actually have a robotic doctor on a boat and somebody needs an emergency surgery. A surgeon in Baltimore using a 5G network will be able to, to conduct that surgery without leaving his office. Absolutely. So um, it's pretty so, crazy so stuff. So many, so many cool and crazy ways that 5G is going to be used. Uh, God forbid that... Uh, a surgery through video is going to be needed in the yachting industry. I know they like to party, but uh, hopefully we don't <laughs> encounter that. Well, see how stuff happens. Um, yeah, you never know. Being able to have that access, no matter where you are, especially, you know, there's a lot of boats that uh, that I, I've spoke with Insignia, um, Insignia crew. I don't know if you know them. Um, Andrew, if you're listening, hello. But they uh, they offer elite crew. So all of their crew members, oh sorry, all of their crew are um, ex-military. And they quite often get asked by boats that the owner wants a crew member that's medically trained. And there's a couple of boats have surgeries on them as well. And the, when the owner goes there, he wants a heart surgeon with them or whatever, just in case. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I've heard that yeah. on the boats as well. Yeah, a few yeah. of them have got... Got that's high profile people tend yeah, yeah. to have that sort of backup where they Why not? put people on just in case. Don't just bring up uh, aspirin, bring bring, <laughs> yeah, a, bring the real thing, whole medical surg you know, surgical uh. team with you. Um, so with 4G, then there's, there's huge advantages because that's what it's about five years since we saw 4G getting properly pushed on boats. And I would say probably more 4G. actually. 4G, has 4G forgive me, 4G, not 5G. 4G has been around for a few years now, and and there's there's various versions of 4G, uh, and each each version uses a, a better modulation technique uh, to, to cram more data speed within a, within a limited bandwidth. And uh, and and now now you've got a I think 4G plus, uh, 4G LTE is mm. is uh, one of the better one of the better schemes and um, yeah I think I think the speeds the speeds are going to cap off soon probably within the next two or three years uh, and 5G will then need uh, will then revolutionize and, and take over let's say bye bye to 4G yep yeah so what else are the boats doing in, in gearing up to go out for the season 
Well, like I said, with the with the other fields that uh, that uh, that we have uh, in, in electronics and technology, you have your you have your VSAT field as well. Um, so internet through satellite VSATs, and actually that's quite a that's, that's quite a big topic. Too. It's a, it's a huge it's a huge topic, and it's it's something where you see pretty much most companies offering offering the same thing. Yeah, they offer a. a a range of satellites in each region. They offer bandwidth uh, up to your liking, depending on what your needs are on the boats. No. But uh, something that sets our company, Axis Marine, aside is is our day-to-day uh, management, our day-to-day suspension, for example. So you only pay for the the time you actually want your visa activated. This means if the boss is on board uh, and you want to increase the speed mm-hmm. and you want to do that, you know, in short notice. Then you can increase the speed up to what you like, uh, and you can do that within 24 hours. It takes effect in 24 hours. We're just coming to a point where we have to break for some music, but when we come back, I wouldn't mind talking about KAKU, the differences and where the industry is going there. So stick with us. We're going to go with some music, and we will be back very, very shortly. Super Yacht Radio. And welcome back. You're listening to the Geek Show, brought to you by Access Marine. With Marcus, Chris, and myself, Dave, here in the studio talking geek. Um, just before the break, we were heading on to VSAT. And uh, what did I ask you? Because the traditional VSAT is, uh, is the KU band. And that's what the, the market's been using for, well, at least 15 years that I've been in it, anyway. Uh, but over the last X amount of years, uh, the KA has uh, has been put in place. I know Immersat has put up a big network, and KA's getting out there. Two questions. First of all, what's the market take up on it like? And second of all, is the market taking it up? Well, basically, with with KA bands, uh, you have your big players uh, offering uh, the global service. So oh, obviously, th- Inmarsat GX. Just, just before we get into it, just in case people don't know. The KU band is a big wide footprint. So one KU beam will maybe cover the med. Where with KA, it's more spot beams of concentrated data coming down. So one beam might hit Monaco, another one might hit Antibes, blah, 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 blah. Yeah? Yeah, and actually it's actually it's much more complicated than that. So you can have several spot beams overlapping each other. Mm-hmm. And each spot beam can actually uh, reuse frequencies. So normally in KU bands, you would have you would have a, a set amount of frequency bandwidth spread about all over spread all over the clients that are actually using that service across the whole beam. But with spot beams, you can actually reuse frequencies on each beam as if it was its own satellite. Now this is this 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 increases exponentially the amount of bandwidth available and you I think KU bands given time will actually take over from KU now so, KU band does have its advantages over KA but the, the the best thing about KA is the high amount of bandwidth that's available so you confuse me with the reusage of bandwidth so I have two satellites up there sending a beam down to one place is that what you mean no, 
you have your satellite, yeah. and rather than having one beam, it will it will actually uh, beam down several spot beams. Okay. Now, on your conventional each one, KU, had, that, each one had a different frequency. Each one can uh, can manipulate and use the whole K uh, the whole KE band frequency. So, if you have one boat in the spot beam next to you, you can actually be using the same frequencies because they act as if they're different satellites. So this frequency reuse um, through spot beams is actually uh, dramatically, uh, drastically in increasing the amount of bandwidth available throughout the whole satellite. Okay. Um, and beca because of this, they're going to be able to offer uh, higher bandwidth at, at lower prices. Now, there are, there, is, there are some downfalls to KA bands over KU bands. And the main downfall is what we call rain fade. Uh, the, the higher the frequency you use, the more it's susceptible to weather. Sorry. So if you have uh, heavy clouds, especially storm clouds, uh, you have rain, um, you, basically this is going to affect the signal uh, a lot more than it would on a KU band satellite. And, and you could be seeing the speeds dropping down a lot uh, as a result. Would it completely wipe out? I mean, could it, could well, you get no well, signal? Or it really depends which which uh, which provider you're using. Uh, someone like Inmarsat has invested billions into their KA band satellite so infrastructure. GX Is that the GX network? Correct. Yeah, that's the mm -hmm. GX network. They they've invested billions in this, and it's been te rigor rigorously tested. Um, so, but do you know what they're doing? They, actually, they're they tested it through rain fade, and they've been able to overcome most of the problems seen with that. You know what they're doing with that, funny enough, is if you do have a failure on the GX, it, uh, do you know what the failover is? Fleet broadband, yeah? Yeah, they switch you on the fleet broadband, which, uh, as you and I know, uh, and anybody out there who's had fleet broadband, that was the scariest mother on the planet, because uh, you left that on, you'd have a big bill in the morning. Yeah, yeah so, some big absolutely. bills there. And we've we've heard of uh, we've we've heard of crew members and uh, well I've heard of crew members in the commercial shipping industry for example uh, before network control was really uh, utilised on board boats using heavy amounts of bandwidth from fleet broadband watching you know what they like to watch at night for example uh, and then being lumbered knitting, with knitting documentaries yeah yeah cooking shows, cooking shows. You know, yeah hemming your uniform you weren't implying something else were you Dave? Not at all, mate. Not at all. Did I say hemming? Is that a word? No, I was—I remember being on the bridge of a boat in in Cannes, and um, I got there, and the captain, who's normally a big jolly fellow, who's Croatian, normally a big jolly Croatian guy, and his head was in his hands, and he was—he was effing and blinding, and the the uh, first officer was saying sorry 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 in croatian and um you know after a few moments he gave me his attention i said everything okay and i said oh, we, we were out we had a failure with the v-cell a couple of days ago and we switched over to fleet broadband because the owner's wife needed to get on the internet and he told the first officer you stay awake you make sure once she's finished that you turn this off, and he forgot, and uh, it was left on for about two days. They got a bill of something like seventy-six thousand euros. 
Yeah. Wow. I had a boat come back in STP in Palmer, going back a few years, and the crew arrived back off their charter, and they, instead of switching on to Wi-Fi, they went on to Fleet Broadband, and they spent the whole day on there, and literally we were probably 80 yards away from them where we could put them on Wi-Fi, but they didn't ask, and then the bill came through, Oh, and that was... A big one then. That's when we started putting safety nets on yeah, on yeah. things to say, look, be careful. You'll get little warning shots if you use too much too much data, and how expensive it is. And but it's a learning curve for a lot of people. Yes, it's a memorable moment. Yeah, fleet broadband is yes very expensive if it's used incorrectly. But now, Immersat under GX, if the, if it's a fail, uh, they don't charge you for the fleet broadband. It's free. No, that's right, yeah. Anyway. It's how confident they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that so, uh, so Does anybody use fleet broadband anymore? Is, is, is There's a couple out there, not many now. I would have thought. No. No, but just wait, because um, soon I think they're going to be using it as uh, part of GMDSS. Okay, so you, you'll have to have it. I think they're going to... Uh, it's not being um, guaranteed yet. Uh, I will put no, it in I think, place. I think you're right. I think I heard something from yeah, in the Simon old, about that. The old Fleet 77 days and Fleet 55s, they used to have it then. But on the Fleet broadbands, they've never really imposed it. They are uh, talking you, of it. Actually, it was a Fleet 77 I'm thinking of. Yeah, Fleet the 77, bill. the old one. That's the one he got the big bill on. Yeah, Marcus nearly had one of them fall on his head once. <laughs> Didn't you, a few years is, ago? Is that what happened? Yeah. yeah, I paid the captain to make sure they dropped it from the top of the boat, <laughs> and he was standing underneath. I just missed him. I will not be defeated. I got out of the way. <laughs> well, just talk about things falling in your head. Slightly aside from our geeky stuff, we were talking to a guy about shark attacks. He's um, David Jameson. He's down in Fiji, I think. And he was, yeah, he was, he was, he's into conservation and, and saving sharks. And he said, look, only a couple of hundred people, he said, only a couple of people, not even hundreds, die from shark attacks every year. He said, more people die from coconuts falling on their heads. 2,000 people a year die from coconuts falling on their heads. Really? Yeah, and I remember being in St. Vincent's. I was doing a job on a boat over there. And uh, as I was walking down the beach, I was going to the bar in the evening, this coconut fell just right by my foot, thump on the beach. And it made me think, what a close... Imagine the embarrassment of dying from a coconut falling on your head. Almost yeah. as bad as a Fleet 77. Almost as bad. <laughs> Getting back to you, Marcus. <laughs> so tell me more about KA. Um, KA bands, yeah. It's so, a big take-up on it. Is there a lot of boats looking at it? It's, you know? it's, it's a new thing. It's, it's very popular in the commercial industry. It's uh, it's part of what uh, what I, what Inmarsat have actually installed as a service uh, directly mm-hmm. as a provider, and really you have two or three big providers in the commercial shipping industry, Inmarsat being one of them, and they've actually converted all of their KU band terminals over to KA bands. So they're actually heavily relying now on their KA band infrastructure. Well, they've invested a lot of money in it. A lot, a lot of money, yes. So, it seems to be working really, really well. I think, uh, I think it will take some time before it catches up in the yachting industry, but eventually it will probably go that way. 
because yeah. you have a lot more you have a lot more providers uh, investing in the satellite industry these days and I think the the biggest breakthrough will actually be with what we call low earth orbit satellites and you have several companies competing together to to grab the market uh, but I don't I don't see that coming into effect probably until within the next 10 years or so so any space up there left for satellites actually SpaceX is they they, they launched a uh, uh, rocket the other day with 25 satellites and I think they're intended for low earth communications correct yeah SpaceX yeah. are doing it but they but they're putting so many of them up there that the KU band uh, satellite operators are actually getting in the way they're, they're getting in the way yeah they're actually worried they're going to get in the way and interfere with their own satellites so it's going to be it's going to it's going to be a race with all these companies competing and i think they're going to end up blocking out the rest of the infrastructure up there what do you uh, do when that happens i mean is there is there an etiquette is there a is, is there is there something i mean how does how do they manage all that stuff because you'd imagine like if you want to put something up there and it's in the way of another one can they stop you doing it well well the thing is um you know there's a lot of space in space yes there's a lot of junk up there as well. Yes, there there is there is a lot of junk, but there is there's so much space to have satellites. I, I I'm surprised that there that there's going to be any satellites interfering with other satellites. I mean, you have so much area to cover. Uh, I don't think you're going to get too much interference. Not unless you start putting millions of them up there. You know what I mean? I imagine they coordinate with each other. There's no point in being playing silly bugger. You know, I'd imagine yeah. they, they work together on where they deploy these things. Because otherwise, uh, somebody will come along and go, I'm going to put a lower, lower orbit. Yeah, and they'll probably, probably join together so they've got cover everywhere. Hopefully they'll work it out, but you never know. On that merry note, we're just going to go to a little bit of music, and uh, we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to The Geek Show, brought to you by Access Marine. Super Yacht Radio, making you feel good all, all day, day long. long. And we're back. Welcome back to the Geek Show, brought to you by Access Marine. We've got Marcos, we have Chris, and me, myself, and I, Dave. That's uh, that's one of our songs, actually. Me, myself, and I. So where were we? We we're KEAing, KUing, FBing. I think we were. I think we were talking about low Earth orbit satellites. We were and getting in the way of others. Young. I think we've we've already trashed the planet, so uh, so why not trash space as well? Eh? Well, it is. It's a huge problem up there. I was looking yes. at uh, some documentary about it, and they have these guys that you know the guys you see in NASA, uh, and they track space junk. In fact, there's a website you can go onto, and you can see all the space junk up there. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and, and normally you're supposed to put the the old satellites in a special orbit called the graveyard orbit for to um, burn out in the atmosphere but they don't well, do so that. A, lot, a lot of the satellites can be brought back down to earth and they burn up um, but um, some of the I'm not sure how they pick and choose which ones which ones they want to bring back to earth and which ones they want to send to the graveyard orbit but uh, I think in the uh, maybe like a few decades a few decades ago the the first 
and second generation satellites uh, were kind of just left until their fuel ran out and they were just left in orbit and and what you get is um you get them you get them drifting slowly away from their orbital slots uh, and then they start interfering or or, or com- potentially colliding with each other and creating more space debris and more space junk. Do satellites have fuel in them? Do they, they have little motors? Can they yeah, reposition they have, themselves? They, yeah, they, they have they have fuel. So the majority of the fuel is actually used to actually get them into the orbit in the first place. So once that fuel gets down to, I don't know, let's say 75% used up, they'll use the remaining fuel to 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 do short fuel bursts to keep them in the exact orbital slot. So, for example, with Sky UK, 28.2 east. Now, you get effects from the sun and the moon. The gravity from the sun and the moon actually pulls them slightly away from their orbital slot uh, throughout the year. And what, what will happen is you'll have a very small burst of fuel uh, in the correct direction to actually push them back into the exact orbital slot. Now, over year, over several years, you know, 20, 30 years, for example, the fuel diminishes. Mm-hmm. And then what they're supposed to do is use the very last tiny bits of fuel to actually push the satellite into what they call the graveyard orbit so that it doesn't affect any other satellites out there. I did not know that. Now, technically, the payload, technically the payload on board uh, will last much, much longer. So it, the, the lifespan of a satellite will always be based on the amount of fuel it has on board. You think they'd have a refueling rocket go up every now and again and just makes sense, tip, tip it up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but I think uh, to, to do that is more expensive than just to build a new satellite and launch it and get it into the correct spot for another thirty years. Let's see. Let's see what Virgin uh, Galactic does. So when it yeah. runs out of fuel, does it just fall out the sky? Well, it goes into the graveyard orbit. Well, it drifts. It, it yeah. drifts away. So, 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 so basically. Um, the gravity, like I was saying before, from the from the sun and the moon will 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 drift it away from its orbital slot, and over time it will drift further and further away. Now, if the satellites are just left and they're not placed into their special graveyard orbit, they'll be prone to colliding with each other, and that's what you that's what uh, causes space junk and space debris is is old satellites colliding against each other into small pieces, and then obviously these small pieces fly around the Earth. You know, especially with the lower Earth orbit satellites, they fly around the Earth super fast, and they're actually very dangerous. Where do you learn that kind of stuff? Uh, I'm just making it up, Dave. Say, what kind of books do you read? <laughs> now, I do a lot of research online, um, so I've, yeah. I've studied this for quite a few years. So I find it fascinating. Yeah, no, I so do I. So do I. We could you yeah. do an entire show on that. Little Sherlock Holmes. Hmm. Hmm, interesting. Makes you Watson. Yeah. <laughs> okay, should, should I leave you guys for a moment? Um, bandwidth, bandwidth management. That's another big thing, because you you're getting the bandwidth, you're paying a bunch of money for it, and these days you've typically got a hybrid system, you've got 4G coming in, you've got VSAT, maybe even sure Wi-Fi. Um... What's what's uh, what's the best way? Because there's a couple of different architectures. There's bonding, um, and there's aggregating. So, like with the the pep wave, you put in force some cards you were saying, 
and um, load balancer that way. In yeah. Place to so yeah, there, there's another uh, technology like oh, what they called. Um, oh, clean wave is it? No. There's 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 bonding. There's actual bonding yeah. SIM cards together for which which creates. Uh, we're supposed to theoretically be, let's say, two SIM cards, double the speed. But um, it's impossible to do that, at least with today's technology. So rather than have double the speed, you might have one and a half times the speed, for example. And it just seems like a big waste to me to actually go down the bonding road at the moment. So the other way is load balancing. So load balancing, you'll have the full speed from two SIM cards, but you won't have it for one user, for example. That's something that bonding would do. If you have one owner who wants multiple SIM card speed just for himself, then you would bond SIM cards together. Yeah. Uh, throw them all, throw the, the connections through uh, VPNs to a central server, which aggregates the speeds together and sends them back out. And you have this aggregation device on both sides, but it's not very efficient. So it, unless you get that unique situation where you have one guy or one device that needs a, a mass amount of bandwidth, it really doesn't make sense to go down the bonding road. You might as well go down the load balancing road. You get the full speed from the different internet connections, and you're just distributing it out through, through your network. Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, yep, so you're, you're looking at the usage and then saying this SIM is being used to 70 80%. This sim isn't being used, or this VSAT path isn't being used, so push the carriage across one to the other. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's actually several ways you can you can manage you manage your connections. Uh, one one common way uh, and really great way of, of of doing this is to is to dedicate a specific WAN, for example, a VSAT or a 4G sim card, to to a to a network, for example, the guest. And let's say you have guests or owner on board, and you want them to to utilize the full speed of 4G, you would you would put the SIM card available just for the guest okay, network. So or the you, network. Se- you segregate your network on board, making a virtual networks. Uh, one group would be, guests, say the, the guests, then crew, crew, and then you'd have really owner if you got the owner on board as well. So you could split it all out. Give priority to the owner and the guests. So somebody comes on, if you're a guest, here's the guest Wi-Fi SSID. Yep. Connect to that Wi-Fi signal, here's your password. If you're a crew, connect to the crew Wi-Fi uh, signal, yep. there's your password, and this chops them up that way. Yep. So yep. everyone gets what they should, and the owner obviously gets priority mm-hmm. in the usual cases. And... Yeah, it works well. And then when the owner's off board or the crew, crew are the only ones on board, then you can switch it all back to the crew if you wanted to. And with that, you can use something like this. What do you guys use? Use PepWave? PepWave? Yeah, PepLink, Pe- PepLink is, is, is the best in the industry yeah. on the cellular side, especially yeah. on the cellular side. I've uh, used those. It's, it's a nice uh, interface, easy to set up. Very friendly. Very, very user-friendly. Uh, that's one thing we hear a lot from from boats uh, and the and the ETOs, for example, or captains that manage manage their devices, is that they find the other products in the market really difficult to manage. Yeah, some of them, you, you need a kind of Cisco PhD in to, to just get through the the interface and setting people up. 
No, exactly. Uh, Especially with Cisco, it's it's very uh, difficult to manage. It's very good product, but it's very very difficult to manage mm-hmm. and and do to 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 the extent that you need to do it on the yacht. So something very simple and effective is is was what Peplink offered. Uh, the Cisco's. I, I was setting up a uh, an infrastructure using Cisco Wi-Fi's, and uh, we had terrible trouble. We were we spent um, weeks trying to configure the damn things, and got onto Cisco. They spent time with us trying to do it, and it turned out that uh, the devices weren't um, browser compatible. So the, the the setup we were using, I think, Firefox, and there was a nuance in Firefox that um, it, it was crapping out the the setup, which uh, which mm-hmm. really peed me off. And even Cisco guys didn't know this, which was very wow. annoying. Lost to. Are you using the the web GUI for Cisco to to set it up? Yeah. Yeah, not not. I mean, with Cisco, if I ever see a Cisco device, I, I always use the command line, just because I, I think the web GUI is uh, prone to to bugs. It's very buggy. From it, what I've been it told, it was. It was very buggy. I wish you'd been there to say, "Go command line, go commando, Dave." <laughs> Again, <laughs> go commando. Yeah. If only we knew each other earlier. Ah, uh, those would have been good times. You should have come with me to South America. Tell us about your trip to South America. That was, where did you go? You went. Uh, you were based here in Mallorca. You took a bit of a sabbatical out. Yeah, I took some time out of the yachting industry and went to South America, um, Colombia, Peru, Brazil, and Chile. Favorite and place? Favorite place, Brazil. Um, it's so good that I'm moving out there. You're going back, aren't you? It's a no-brainer for me. I absolutely loved my time there. I, I went all over from from the north, uh, all the way down to the south. And Where are you going to base yourself? Well, I haven't decided yet. Uh, along along my uh, along the travels, I I met I met someone, so we'll investigate together, me and her, on good good places to live. I'm glad but, you um, said her. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, it's, 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 <laughs> it's pride. Clarify that. It's Pride Month, so each to their own. Yeah, um, each, each, each to their own. Um, and you know, you know, she's a lovely girl. She's got a beautiful Adam's apple. And right. uh, yeah, and not every girl can go to the toilet standing up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move so to He knows her well. <laughs> Maybe we should break for some music. <laughs> You're listening to the Geek Show, going a little bit off track there. Uh, we're going to go to some music for a minute. And we'll be right back. This is Super Yacht Radio. You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. Welcome back to the Geek Show, brought to you by Access Marine. Today we are in the studio with Chris, and we have Marcus, who is located in Oxfordshire. Where are you in Oxfordshire? Portsmouth. No, no, Ferrum. Ferrum. I wish I was in Oxfordshire. Ferrum. And uh, before the break, and in fact, before we were talking about Brazil and where he's off to on his, his his many travels, we were talking about load balancing and bandwidth management. What more? Yeah. What more have you got to say on the subject? Well, just that there's 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 multiple solutions for this on the bandwidth management side, and with the controllers that we that we currently have, we uh, we like we like to do a mix depending on. Depending on what the client actually requires and needs, 
uh, like like we said before, you can have one, for example, 4G connection going to the crew or the or the guests, uh, and and the VSAT set aside for for another network, or you could balance the whole network between all connections at the same time, and limit the bandwidth limit on put a bandwidth limit on the actual crew for themselves so anyone on the crew network would be restricted to for example one megabit per second down now that's going through all connections uh, so that you put a bottleneck on the crew network and the rest of the network functions with the with the majority of the speed so what's the cost coming because obviously this is a way to manage your bandwidth and save on cost but over the years um yeah, I think the the price of bandwidth has come down drastically. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a totally different different band out there. Literally now, I mean, cost cost wise to have roaming cards throughout Europe, we do a roaming card which is forty three countries. Hmm. You could never do that before up to a few years ago. What would that cost um, you a month? I mean, is that limited bandwidth? Well, we offer packages. We offer bundle packages, which is for the Visa and the four G which you get a very good costing on. So what if, if it's just 4G? If I want a 4G SIM that roams? A 4G SIM that roams with 250 month? gigs, you're looking at about roughly about $1,000 a month. Okay. And But you have the power then. Either it's called a fair play SIM as well, so you can actually go over your 250 gigs. That just makes it slower. Yeah. It, well, it doesn't actually affect the speed now, but it, it's a fair play SIM, so usually don't get a, much of a charge afterwards okay. which is very good and also it with the system we have you can switch it on and off as you want if you're not using it and it gives you total control you can upgrade it you can downgrade it and at what any about, time what about vsat because uh well i'm going back six seven years now when i was doing it it was roughly about a thousand uh euros per meg what's what's the price of vsat it fluctuates on what packages you're on. You know, everyone okay. has different packages, and it's very difficult to put it on per meg. But you can start the basic package, and the good thing again with the system is, in this day and age, going back a few years, if you wanted to upgrade, if you had owners or crew uh, charters coming on, and you wanted to upgrade, you'd have to give a week's notice, sign papers, mm. everything else. Now you've got it at your fingertips, where you can actually just click a click a switch but and if, it does it for you but roughly if, if you're looking at somebody wanted one meg up one meg down all day i mean uh, it, it, it really it really really depends on on how many satellites you want available in, in the region if you just want one satellite then it's going to be very cheap you know okay. hundreds hundreds a month if you want like most boats out there need a multiple need multiple footprints due yeah, to blockage all depends uh, on the demand really Internal blockage, external blockage. Yeah, you're going to need multiple options. That's when the price becomes a lot, uh, a lot more, more expensive. And you know, maybe you're looking at fifteen hundred, you know, a couple of grand or something like this. Okay, that's in dollars. So. Yeah, that's in dollars. Um, but that's like that's multiple up and down. It's not just uh, for a make. Yeah, and and actually, um, what a, what a lot of people don't realise in, in today's in today's age is that the internet is becoming more bandwidth hungry um so mm-hmm. as as technologies improve and speeds and speeds improve for example 4g you know soon to be 5g they actually build the internet 
around those speeds and home fiber internet mm. speeds. Um, and so even even on the upload side becomes more 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 bandwidth hungry. That's what I found because it's people coming back with their photos and then yeah. pushing them up to Instagram and Facebook and all these things that mm. um, uh, the the upload gets uh, gets snuffed more than the download. Exactly. It's, it's mm. totally changed over the last five years with how much what people are doing what people come on with now on boats and kids come on with yeah it's a different world altogether what, than what it was five years the demand's different you've got five-year-olds with their phones yeah. and, their, and it's going to get games. worse and more demand as the future mm. goes so this is why they keep improving technology as soon as they improve it somebody demands it never more stops of it. Yeah. It becomes yeah, it becomes more of a demand. And um, like we were talking about with the upload, for example, the Vsat uploads are still relatively small. Um, now you can have higher, but obviously you need a uh, a better you might need a better antenna mm-hmm. to get something like more than one or two megabits per second up. Uh, it might require a slightly uh, more powerful transmitter on your Vsat antenna. A bigger but, buck. So it comes with a price, you know. The up, mm. having a, having an upload of let's say three four megabits per second down, as well as a download, that's going to come out price. That's eight megabits per second down in total, and that's multiple thousands per per month. But you know, I think yachts are going to have to go down that road to keep guests and owner happy because the if demand. the upload is throttled, it causes a big problem on the download as well. Mm. Well, that's a lot of technology for one day. I think we're going to be going to some music and then top of the hour thank you gentlemen thank you dave thank you chris thank Thank you you. marcus it's been a pleasure thank you for being listening to us this is the geek show brought to you by access marine whether you're a captain or an eto work in yacht management yacht brokerage or as a yacht agent you want to give owners and guests the best and fastest internet on board you need access marine Whether it's 4 and 5G LTE data, VSAT, hardware and installation, refit, upgrade or repair, we'll be there with all of the technical advice and know-how to assure trouble-free connectivity for your yacht anywhere in the world. Don't put up with bad internet or telecommunications one minute longer. Contact us now at plus 442032874443 or visit our website at www.access-marine.com that's a marinecom access marine full service global communications expert knowledge rock solid reliability and world class client care